Here we go. Yes, you are listening to Law and Gospel on this Thursday, January the 24th, in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and being a Rumination Thursday, we have with us our good friend, the Reverend Wes Reimnitz. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine, Tom. And how are you this fine morning? Well... You need help? I do. <laughs> I I turned it on, but it won't work for some reason. It's on mute. Let me see. Oh, you're not getting me? Yeah, I'm getting you, but I'm not getting... Oh, wait. <laughs> I forgot to turn it on. Do you go contemporary on me? Help me, I'm feeling down. Oh, boy. I'll tell you. A lot of people ask me, because I'm working with four congregations right now, how I have time to be on the radio. But frankly, it's not very hard. On Mondays, it's one of the lessons that I maybe even be preaching on on the following Sunday. Tuesday, Mark Smith helps me. Wednesday is the Bible class that I prepare for which oftentimes is from the following Sunday. Thursday, you're on, and Friday is Open Mic Friday. So I hardly have any homework to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you gave me quite a bit there. Well, I want to say that a lot of people don't realize you often choose the items for the Rumination Thursday, and you really did a good job here, particularly in light of certain sermons I've been listening to while I drive around to these various churches. And I've discovered that um, I can understand why young people are leaving the churches, because I'd be leaving them also if the kinds of sermons that you often hear on the radio or on television are the ones that the young people are hearing. There's no distinctions between law and gospel. A lot of them are self-help sermons, which we're going to talk about. But the other kind of sermon that I do not think is a sermon, but we need to explain it a little bit, is what I refer to as an exegetical um, lecture. I won't even call it a sermon. What, what what, What do I mean by exegetical? Well, as you remember from our seminary days, we did exegesis, where we took Bible passages and translated them out of the Greek and the Hebrew, and and then ex- explain what was being there, and especially how the church taught it for the last two thousand years. Yeah, well, that was part of the historical department, how the church taught it. But uh, an exegetical sermon simply gives Old Testament verses backing up what's being said, etc. But there's no application to the people sitting in the pew. And that's the difference between a lecture and a sermon. A lecture simply talks about the background of the biblical text, helps you understand what the people understood by it. But a sermon applies it by means of law and gospel to the people sitting in the pew. And just start listening to these sermons, and there'll be no law application at all. It's almost like... Pastors are afraid to teach the law anymore. Well, I now there's a difference between them not preaching law and gospel and, and what we call self-help sermons. 
Yeah, now that's the other one we're talking about now, self-help sermons. And you came up with this idea from some reading. Give me a, a little explanation of what you mean by self-help sermons. Well, by way of introduction a little bit, you know, the, the self-help movement, they, they trace back to in America in, in to roughly 1935 with the onset of AA or Alcoholic Anonymous which we had no problems with. It's a self-help group to help people that are addicted to alcohol. And by the 1970s, it morphed into something else. The self-help movement came through the Eastern religion that uh, you can have this awakening in yourself. And, and hence, like you got the Beatles song, Help Me. Yes. Which comes out of the 70s type situation. By the time it reaches into the 2000s, it's morphed into the, the Christian area where you look for methodologies that lead to a successful, satisfying Christian life. It's a multi-billion industry just in the Christian area alone. And uh, you can find ways to lead to a happy, fulfilling, successful life in Christian life if, if you do certain things. And as as we say self-help, I am at the middle of making those changes for the Lord, and I'm being, being obedient to God by doing these things. The article you sent me was actually written by a Presbyterian, but yeah. I'll tell you, it was a very, very good article. The way he tries to distinguish uh, between a proper sermon and the self-help is the self-help sermon does not seek to strengthen and guide the Lord's people by instructing them in the tried and true doctrines of the faith, but rather deals with the latest breakthroughs and the newly discovered keys to a successful Christian life. And it replaces a proper sermon with esoteric secrets to the fuller Christian life. Now, this next sentence is really good. Since these gimmicks are not the appointed means whereby the Lord ministers to his saints, that means word and sacrament, they never really satisfy. It kind of hits a little bit on what you've been saying about how, how sermons are more about uh, a self-help or no law and gospel in them. Or in, in essence, what happens is the sermon becomes all law. Oh, my. Yeah. In fact, I was just mentioning, I was reading a Roman Catholic document uh, in a waiting room recently, and the priest who wrote the article, he said the main goal of every Christian parent is to show the way the children should behave in order to get to heaven. Well, there is no way I could show my kids how to behave to get to heaven because <laughs> I, I, my kids were sinners. And yeah. and that was obvious because of whom I married. <laughs> well, she was a sinner. <laughs> no meal for you tonight. <laughs> yeah, she's listening to another station. But at any rate, uh, <laughs> no, we're both sinners, obviously, and we're going to have sinful children. And to tell a child, don't you want to go to heaven? Then you better yeah. start behaving. I mean, yeah, this or, is ridiculous. In fact, or, when's the... Or God doesn't love you if you continue to act this way. Yes. Oh, they had a wonderful Concordia Publishing House. That's our 
publishing house of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, had a whole series of articles how Sunday school teachers really mess up law and gospel sometimes, and that was one of them. If you keep acting this way, God won't love you. Mm. Man. When's the last time you heard a sermon where the sermon was all about that it is good for us that we have been afflicted? (laughs) I haven't heard too many of those. I caught that in the article, too, you know. It's Psalm 119, verse 71. Yes. In fact... David says this after the Bathsheba incidents. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word, which means I now believe your word after he was afflicted, which, of course, happened when Nathan the prophet came to him about Bathsheba. Right. He he would go on to say, it is good for me that I was afflicted. Yes. David rejoiced. In his afflictions, and did also the Apostle Paul. But the self-help sermons have as their goal to get rid of your afflictions so that you can have a wonderful life, and it won't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they went on to say about Job that he didn't run down to his local bookstore and look for a self-help section on how to get out the afflictions he was going through. Yeah, in fact, here's what Job says in Job 13, verse 15. Though God slays me, yet will I trust in him. Mm. (laughs) I mean, when's the last sermon you ever heard that being said? Yeah, and he, he would go on in Job 19 to say, as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and on the last day, yes, he will take his stand. And even though my skin is destroyed yet in my flesh, I shall see and not another. In in fact, the Apostle Paul does the best job here where he talks about that my grace is sufficient from God for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yes. yes. Most gladly, therefore, he says, this is 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Right, yeah. And don't we see that often in, in, in fellow Christians as they go through troubling times and and you can see that their faith grows even stronger. Yes, yes. I, I, I've seen that happen when somebody gets a, a bad report from a doctor. They can be down for a bit, but the more they get strengthened by the Psalms and the Word of God, uh, the more they begin to recognize. In, in fact, I, I think one of the things that really became clear to me, this self-help is really an exercise in attempting to manipulate God into blessing us. That was the same thing that the writer came up with, too, you know, that uh, somehow we can manipulate God with the supernatural and natural means by somehow naturally obeying God, that God's going to perform for us. Yeah, God is like a doctor. He gives us certain prescriptions, which are called the Ten Commandments. And if we follow them, God will be sure to bless us with peace, prosperity, and success. Now, maybe there is a Joel Osteen character who might think he has that, but many of his members don't get anywhere near that. What comes to mind is 
story of Joseph. He wasn't too successful there at first. No, no, not at all. I mean, he just had some dreams he told his brothers about. Next thing you know, they were selling him to some Ishmaelites. He went to Egypt, ended up in prison because the Potiphar's wife uh, pretended that he was attacking her. And then he was in prison, did some more dream telling, and finally uh, Pharaoh heard about him and made him second in command. But it took a while. Yet all during that time, no, he, he did not consider that God had left him. That, no. That's really something. Yeah, and I think that that's an important point to remind, whether, whether our afflictions stay or go is the fact that God is still with us. He took the punishment for our sins on the cross, and, and I think that's an important distinction that we constantly need to make in the midst of those of us that, that face afflictions in our life. Yes. This um, movement attempts to use words like you can be happy, peaceful, prosperous, and successful in your Christian life, but they define the words unbiblically because you can be peaceful at the funeral of a loved one i don't know too many people that are peaceful a lot of times when their loved ones passed away oh almost every funeral i attend they are yes on the one hand they are but on the other hand are they not sobbing for the loss of the loved one too but remember paul says We grieve, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. So the grieving of a Christian is entirely different than the grieving of an unbeliever. In other words, grieving and being at peace is not a contradiction. Good point. Well taken. Yes. And so I've always considered myself to be prosperous. Uh, Even when I run out of money, even when the car doesn't work, uh, even when my hopes and dreams don't come the way I wish they would, because a blessing never goes away from us. We, We don't get more blessed by God. You are as blessed as you will ever be right now if you are a Christian, because that's his promise. And that does does away with... uh... Especially in the, I, I heard a, a stewardship one where they said that uh, be generous, uh, be obedient to God, because God says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, therefore you're to give. And the Bible says, be a cheerful giver, be a cheerful giver as you give it away, because you're being obedient, and that's the way God blesses you. Yes. Yeah, I, I found one of the interesting things he was talking about. You know, I, I like dilly dallying in uh, magic. It's really not magic, but it's uh, uh, putting one over on another person. And he says that Christian self-help material is plainly, uh, speaking of the magical, an exercise in pagan magic. And how does he define that? Magic is the attempt to control the supernatural by means of the natural. natural yes. God is the supernatural, and I'm able to control him? No. Well, were you at all familiar with his prayer of Jabez? No. I heard, of, you know, wasn't that something big in the 1990s? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a prayer by Jabez. 
And, oh, you will bless me indeed, enlarge me. Thy hand will be with me, and thou would keep me from evil, that I may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Well, they got all kinds of CDs and books on the basis of that, as if one could pray this prayer several times a day, and great things would happen in your life. But look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions. And so your father already knows the things you have need of, and he meets those needs even before you ask him. That's right. It's the same way we see this in various man-made religions where it's mindless repetition. You know, what really got me interested here is when the Presbyterian talked about how does one lead a successful and satisfying Christian life, (laughs) the biblical answer is... The gospel. Yes, I about dropped out of my chair when I read that. The biblical answer is Christ. If he no longer satisfies you and gives you contentment, then something is radically wrong. And isn't that something that we've always thought as Lutherans, Christ is the center? Well, I can understand why young people are leaving the church, because they're under the impression that they're supposed to get some self-help here. But as this writer says, the success of Christian self-help publishing indicates that there must be millions of Christians whose lives are empty and unfulfilled and seeking for something to make their lives more fulfilling and satisfying. I thought that was a great insight. Right. And that was something that early on, you know, I mentioned to you as, as I discussed, let's do this, that I was running across some families in uh, some of these evangelical churches that were doing self-help methods, and they were out visiting churches after they heard the sermon. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I I just had a real close friend of mine leave the church he was at because that's all the sermons were about, were self-help. By the way, the writer talks about somebody who really attempted to do self-help to get out of his problems. Who was that? Self-help. Martin Oh, Martin Luther, that was very interesting. I thought so. He entered a monastery with severe discipline, self-flagellation, pilgrimages, but nothing he did gave him peace with God. What changed all that was when he understood the gospel Gospel. properly. Yeah, it was interesting, too. The author brought up that was the the self-help movement, join a monastery. Yes, Yes, and I really feel sad for members. I'll tell you, folks, all you have to do is turn on any radio station outside of KFUO, and you're going to hear sermons that are basically self-help sermons telling you what to do. And the gospel isn't what transforms people to fulfillment, peace, and joy, but what you're doing supposedly transforms them. And that's... That's really back to what we've always discussed earlier. Man-made religions talk about how you have to do something in order to merit God's grace, whereas in the Christian faith, through God, it is done through, through Christ our Lord. 
Yeah. When I talk against exegetical sermons, those are sermons that give insights into what the Greek means, what the Hebrew means, with no application to the people in the pew. Now, what they do with self-help, they have stories, anecdotes, public humor, and entertainment are added to the message to round out the sermon. And so he has three reasons why people are leaving the church. The first one is that many churches, the gospel is no longer being preached. The second one, it's not understood by many people. And I think you and I, after years of this decision theology nonsense, I can understand why they don't understand the gospel. But his third one was really interesting the third and most troubling possible answer is that these people are not really converted. Yes, which is back to the fact that the gospel is not preached. And the Apostle Paul has a verse, and I had forgotten about this one. He says, they are like those described by the Apostle Paul when he speaks of those who are, quote, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. Is it because they're, they're... Well, they're not believers. They're not believers. But... The Pharisees were ever learning, but they never came to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you and I went through the seminary where the historic critical method kept demeaning the Bible all over the place against the supernatural. These were people who were learning on their own level, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. And that's something that's very prevalent in, in some churches today because they, they're accepting of gay clergy, gay marriage, and things like this as they're ever changing the Bible to something that God has not intended. Well, they're starting to learn. I don't know. Well, you don't get the post-dispatch. But today they had a, I was surprised, a third of a page about a, a homosexual Boy Scout leader who's now been arrested. And so what did you expect is going to happen when you allow homosexuals to lead children? It's going to be, a, yeah. And in the Methodist Church, they're talking about this year, allowing in gay clergy, gay marriage, and changing their book of discipline. Well, even ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, just had two pastors, men, get married. Ooh. And how you can stay in a church like that and think you're hearing the Word of God is beyond me. And I, that brings us back to what, what you always suspected earlier. The gospel is not preached, the law and gospel is not preached the way that it should be. Thus, people begin to look elsewhere or they drop out. Well, that's kind of, you just almost quoted what he had to say in the last paragraph. Unless we have a revival of that kind of proper preaching and the fruit that sound Bible preaching and exposition produces, we will continue to witness the spiritual wasteland of contemporary Christian self-help publishing. <laughs> He's got a very flowery way of saying it. Boy, spiritual wasteland. this is a great article you found, Wes. And boy, this was, I, I, I feel a great hour or a time together where we're able to go through this to help people understand why are so many people leaving the church? It's kind of like going to a buffet 
And as you get there, you're expecting, oh, steak and all kinds of good sauces and stuff. And instead, they give you a pan and some eggs that you're supposed to make yourself. Yeah, and it's always that reminder for us as Lutherans, as we went through the 500s Reformation, what did we say our our goal was in the LCMS? It's still about Jesus. Yes, it's all about Jesus. And I tell you, I challenge people to turn on another radio station listening to a sermon and hear about how when Jesus Christ died on the cross, every sin was forgiven. Yes. They were talking about that earlier today, where even the sins of women who have done abortions, as they repent of that, that also is forgiven. You just don't hear that message on regular radio very often at all. And it's it's good that we have a station like KFEO where we can get out and say those kind of things and get the good news of Jesus Christ out there. Yes. So we're not the Beatles saying, help, help. (laughs) We're instead looking to Jesus, who is our helper. Thanks so much, Wes. Thank you. Uh, Tomorrow's Long Gospel is an open mic. You may have some questions about self-help. Or you may have questions about what we talked about on Wednesday, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm Tom Baker. Till tomorrow, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.